Faith and Fable, pastoral podcast that discusses common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. My name is Matt Miller. And I'm Matt Henry. And this is Memorial Day, and we are recording nothing to do with Memorial Day. Nope. We're going to talk gossip. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, we want to talk about um, what's commonly referred to as the sin of the tongue, and when it comes to sins of the tongue, um, this is one of those topics, of course, that whenever it comes up, just sort of sends a dagger into the heart of just about every true Christian. Um, Christian develops a genuine hate, I think, and hope for these kinds of sins, uh, yet they are ones that often contend for first place among our besetting sins. Um, to tame the tongue, as we all know, is no easy task, uh, and it is a lifelong pursuit. Um, in fact, it, it's no wonder, therefore, why the Proverbs alone contain about 60 warnings over the issues of the tongue. Yeah. Um, Jesus said in Matthew 12, 36, uh, that we will give an account for every careless or idle word that we speak. Which is frightening in one way, because you're like, man, I do a lot of idle talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do a lot of talking. Um, well, especially you and I, we make a living doing this. Yep. Um, you know, it's like... I can't think of the number of times I wanted to grab a sermon from a, I mean, grab a word from my mouth after it left in a sermon or something. It's like, oh, oh, come back to me. Yeah. It's too late. Yep. Yep. Um, so what what are sins of the tongue? Um, well, Jerry Bridges uh, gives a list in his helpful book. Um, he says that they are lying, slander, critical speech, harsh words, insults, sarcasm, ridicule. Uh, he goes on there, he says, in fact, we would have to say that any speech that tends to tear down another person, either someone we are talking about or someone we are talking to, is sinful speech. Now, that's a pretty good list, a uh, pretty good definition. We would uh, hasten to add, however, that all not all ridicule or sarcasm is necessarily sinful. Actually, Second Corinthians, that entire book, is a study in sarcasm. Paul uses heavy, heavy sarcasm uh, in that entire book, but he uses it to achieve a godly end. So, yeah, there's a time to tease. There's a time to do those. And there's actually even answer the fool as his folly. According to his folly. Right? As it deserves. So, And that's ridicule. You're literally shoving his face in his folly. So there is a time and place, but but we too often (laughs) try to justify it when probably it's not justified. Yeah. D- uh, just in preaching through Luke as well, you see Jesus just, there's some times oh, where he's just golly. worthless. Um, so, yeah, the, the it's not necessarily sinful. Um, in fact, we would even say, and we've talked about this, um, that r- things like ridicule or sarcasm can go a long way even in building relationships. Um, there is a limit to it, but much of that depends on the people and the context uh, yeah. to determine what that limit is. Uh but the point is obvious and doesn't require a technical definition here. Any speech that truly tra- tears down another person is sinful speech. Yeah, tearing them down for 
would would you accept if I said tearing down for the just the purpose of tearing down? It's the end is in itself. We're just going to tear the person down. There's no purpose behind yeah, it. Yeah, they're, they're not godlier as a result. They've not been edified. Yeah. You're not godlier. You've not been edified. I, I like that because edify means to build up. So right. you're tearing. Sometimes you have to tear down something to build it back up. But but you that's got to be your goal. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and nine times out of ten, everyone by instinct knows what that is. Yeah. Right? Um, you, you know when you're tearing somebody down and you know when you're building somebody up. So the, the challenge here, as you kind of mentioned, is how quick many are to sort of bend and twist to now somehow justify their words as somehow not being sinful. Um, in fact, that is precisely how the conscience becomes seared over time. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're caught up in this sort of pattern or this habit, uh, all the while hardened to the fact that it's become a very great sin in the eyes of God. So today we want to talk about a favorite sin of the tongue, uh, specifically gossip, uh, apart from outright deceit and slander or lying. Um, this is perhaps the sneakiest and therefore I would say among the deadliest. Yeah, it's actually interesting how often the, the gospels even speak of it, just mm-hmm. not not being a gossip. Um, gossipers will not inherit the kingdom of God. That We love to talk, oh, those homosexuals. Are the, the, yeah, well, you might not be either because you're quite the gossip. You know, right. Anyone who practices this kind of stuff. So you might not be an overt slanderer, but beloved, everyone gossips. <laughs> Some people are more given to this sin than others, but no one has nipped it in the bud and killed it completely. It, it's a sin that can rear its ugly head from time to time. Um, and like all sin, the more you do it, the easier it is to do. It begins once or twice, but soon, if you're, if you're not conscious of it, it develops into a pattern. And once a pattern develops, that is when the conscience begins to become hardened. So one man writes this. Um, he says, there's no upside to gossiping. Gossips hurt neighbors, divide friends, damage reputations and relationships. The Bible labels gossips as untrustworthy and meddlesome, uh, such as Proverbs eleven thirteen. 13, uh, 20 verse 19, 26 verse 20, and also in 1 Timothy 5, 13. And even as worthy of death, that's pretty brutal, yeah. uh, Romans 1, 29 and 32. So at your best in Christ, you don't want to be one. <laughs> All too often, however, you and I do want, want to gossip. Gossip can be fun. It's addictive and provide a short burst of guilty pleasure. The book of Proverbs likens the words of a gossip to delicious morsels, a tasty treat that promises delight to those who indulge. That's in Proverbs 18.8 and 26.22. We get bored and want to entertain ourselves by snacking on the shameful stories of a other person's lives. Ooh, that's a good line. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Um, or we get proud that we know something that someone else doesn't and want to show off our deep, our, our inside scoop, or we get mad and crave the satisfaction of character assassination from afar, sniping at our enemies when they don't even know they're in danger. Gossip can be hard to resist. Now, this comes from a guy named, last name is Mitchell. Do you remember the title? Uh, Matt Mitchell. Um, oh, so I don't. We, we like him just <laughs> by virtue of his yeah, name. Yeah, it was just an article somewhere. That, that, boy, that's... He, he, he's gifted in his writing. That's good. Yeah, yeah. So this then begs the question, what then is gossip? Um, let's give just a couple of definitions here. Um, 
this comes from Jerry Bridges' book. He says, gossip is the spreading of unfavorable information about someone else, <coughs> even if that information is true. Um, now, uh, what am I saying here? Oh, um, from slander. Yeah, that's yeah, what I meant. meant to write slander. <laughs> uh, gossip is different from slander. Uh, both seek to tear a person down, but gossip is the idea of spreading true information, whereas slander is the idea of spreading false information. Yeah. Um, that's how you define it, right? Yeah, that's yeah. exactly. Um, I understand, though, there's always a little overlap, so you can't be hard and fast and stuff, But uh, and it doesn't matter. Slander or gossip, put whatever name it is, it's it's sin. Yep, yep. Um, here then is, is Matt Mitchell again in his article. He says, gossip is bearing bad news behind someone's back out of a bad heart. Oh, that's a good line He's again. good at, yeah, I like that. Um, now, the Bible uh, doesn't actually give a straightforward... By the way, don't you hate people like that? You're like, I wish I could do that. <laughs> that's a really good line. <laughs> we never get tweeted. Nah. At least I don't. I think you're better at that than I am. Um. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, now, the, the Bible doesn't actually give a straightforward definition of uh, gossip. Um, and I, I, would, I think that part of that is because gossip is contextually defined, um, which is what also can make it kind of tricky and easy to justify. Um, so some people assume that talking about another person when they're not present is always gossip, just kind of without exception. Uh, that is not correct. Um, for example, there are many times that a mother needs to discuss something that her child said or did with the father, perhaps, or vice versa, where the child's not present. Actually, we ha I had to deal with this early in my marriage, was um, Kim didn't want to tell me. I'm like, you have to tell me. <laughs> and she's like, why? Well, I, I just don't. And I'm like, babe, I, this is my household. I got to know what's going on. And we got we quickly got through and over that. But yeah, um, yeah. There's got to be a communication, an honest communication of what's going on so that you can deal with it. But right. again, that gets back to so we can build the person up, correct, redirect, right. all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Um, also, there are many times that elders in a church, for example, need to discuss among themselves something that's going on with a person or a situation within the church. Um, there are times when a boss or a supervisor needs to report on someone or a person beneath them. So... The point is, though, just because a person is not present, that does not automatically elevate a conversation to right. now gossip. Um, sometimes matters, as you said, need to be discussed without a person present, but in order to be able to now rightly handle the person in this situation. And that's really our elders' meetings, the bulk of our time. Well, I mean, we'll deal with administrative stuff, but we generally do that quickly. It's Eventually, we say, so what's going on? And we all begin to share different aspects of the state of people's hearts and lives and stuff. And you could call that gospel all you want, but it's not. It's just shepherds discussing yeah. the state of the flock. Yep, yep. Um, we would be quick to add the line there is, again, very hard sometimes to see where, where those conversations can quickly turn from a righteous discussion to a sinful one. Um, and much of that is just going to come down to the state of the heart. What's yeah. the purpose there? And I've, I, just to flip that back, I can even say I know I've done that wrongly in an elders meeting where I'm frustrated um, and I'm sharing, and there's some point where I say more than I need to say, you know, where, and that's where even where elders have to help each other. Of, okay, I think we've, got, we've heard enough. It's like, yeah. yes, sir. <laughs> you know, just shut up um, because now you're just griping and tearing. Yeah. Uh, well, and we've all done it. Well, yeah. Um, Ed, 
but as a result, this is why the Bible describes the gossip in very illustrative ways, uh, as opposed to just giving a formal definition. Um, again, gossip is often contextually defined, and it will always come down to the well from which those words are coming, namely the heart. Um, and so as a result, uh, I would say motive is what matters. Yeah, good point. So, so then what is the motive of gossip? Well, Proverbs describe the gossip as the one who speaks from a heart of selfish gain. And that's really key. So here's one, Proverbs 16, 28. A perverse man spreads strife and the slanderer separates intimate friends. Now we all understand the idea of gossiping because it fe feels good. The words of a whisperer are like, a dainty, are like dainty morsels and they go down into the innermost parts of the body. Uh, and we know what that feels like. We feel superior because we have that inside knowledge uh, and therefore to speak of it brings this weird, twisted sense of pleasure. But the key with Proverbs 16, 28 is to understand that in many cases, a person gossips because they either feel superior or inferior to the one about whom they gossip. If they feel superior, then they will gossip because they enjoy speaking from a position of power and of keeping people beneath them. It makes them feel better about themselves. If they, they feel inferior, however, they will gossip for the purpose of no longer feeling threatened. They want the person about whom they are gossiping to be seen as something less in the eyes of others. That's a really good line there. Uh, this one is particularly challenging for those in positions of leadership. They don't like when others do well because it begins to make them feel inferior. And so the temptation is to gossip. Let everyone know he's not that great. Right, yeah, yeah. Oh, but whatever it is, in both cases, it has to do with power, formal power, social power, whatever. You either gossip to gain power or you gossip not to lose power. This is the result of an ego, just simple, plain and simple. It's your pride. Yeah. Now, the tactic here, as revealed in this proverb, is one of division. Um, so the gossiper is described as perverse. Uh, that term, uh, literally, it means to be a destroyer. Um, and what makes it so insidious is that you are using truth to destroy. Um, so remember, gossip is someone who says true things to tear down. So all Christians understand the evil of lying. We know this. Uh, but what may be worse for a Christian, a person who is to be a person of truth, is when they now wield truth for the sake of destruction. Um, that is just twisted and very sneaky. Um, it's similar to the serpent in the garden who there spoke many true things, uh, but for the purpose of self-gain through destruction. And that is, again, what makes gossiping now so perverse. Yeah. Um, Charles Bridges, in his commentary on the Proverbs, uh, states on this uh, particular verse, uh, where open disputes do not work, gossip is used. Mm. Um, <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, so a, true. It's a dagger, huh? Um, in other words, if a person can't gain... Um, from another person openly destroying themselves, uh, the gossiper will now seek to destroy them in private. Um, again, the motive there is always self-gain. It always comes down to wanting to be viewed a certain way or wanting people to view another person a certain way. But regardless, the proverb is clear that the end result is always the same. Um, gossip, every single time, can only destroy, tear hmm. down. Um, there's never a time in which gossip can help something. Yeah, you're and, not helping, because but we you don't. Gossip. You know, we don't believe that, right? right. Um, so, 
Well, this gets into well, – no, never mind. I, I, I don't – I was just thinking about the discernment bloggers. Oh, yeah. Again, yeah. about how you know, oftentimes it's just gossip. Um, that's all they're really doing. and But they're trashing people's reputation. Yep. Um, and it's like you got to be so careful. Yeah. Um, as an aside, uh, I would also say here it's worth noting of this proverb that he illustrates the result of gossip as being something which – separates friends. Um, the idea here is a motive of jealousy, actually. Um, gossip often comes because the gossiper, gossiper doesn't like that their friend has another friend that is not them. <laughs> yeah, that's um, a good point. I, 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 yeah, I hadn't seen that, but you're right. That's, that's what they're doing. They're trying to insert themselves between these two. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. So, so the gossiper here will begin to talk about that other person. Why? In order to get their friend to view that other person as somehow being less. Mm -mm -mm. Um, it's this weird thing that can happen where when our friends have other friends, we, for some reason, begin to feel threatened or we're less than. And so the result is that, you know, we want to somehow diminish those other people. Yeah. And again, that's just motivated by that feeling of inferiority. We feel threatened, whatever it may be. All right. So the, so the primary motivation is self-gain in some way, but there are some other motivations as well, and some are not always so obvious. So Jesus taught that words that we speak come from the abundance of either the good or evil that is stored in our hearts. That's in Matthew 12, 33 to 37. Now, therefore, there is no such thing—this is a good, good line—there uh, is therefore no such thing as a neutral word. Every word you speak has motivation, but not all motivations are always known. Sometimes gossip is motivated by revenge. This is malicious backstabbing that can destroy an entire church. If you doubt us, just look at 2 Corinthians 12.20. Other times, it's undisciplined lives and boredom. Boredom. Uh, 2 Thessalonians 3, 11 through 12, it says, For we hear that some among you are leading an undisciplined life, doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies. Now, such persons, oh, this is, I love this line, uh, Paul says, such persons we command and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ to work in quiet fashion and eat their own bread. The, the word here literally for busybody is the idea of an idle, an idle life. It, it literally is the idea of a person's life being so boring that they need to entertain themselves by speaking about the affairs of others. They're constantly sticking their nose where it doesn't need to be. This is something Paul, uh, Paul set, describes of women and, and actually older women in particular, and it's, why, why, why do you think? I'm just curious. I, I think I know why older women are oftentimes pulled out for that. I, I, I would say that it has to do with the fact that they just have more time. That's exactly it. Their, 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 their children are raised. Um, uh, and Paul there, because we just got done doing the one on raising daughters, um, is talking about widows. Yeah. And they, so yeah. They, now they don't, don't even have a husband any longer. Yeah. So they just have time, time, time. And they get around the other widows and they just start talking. And next thing you know, information is shared that never needed to be shared. Um, I know my wife, when she disciples women, especially older ones, that's one of the questions that she's learned to ask is, what is the value of you telling me this? Mm -hmm. And that it, that's kind of brutal, but it, but it really, really works hard at helping women uh, or men um, learn to curb their tongue. It's like, why did I need to know that? Yeah. Um, and 
again, it's just helping us to learn to control that tongue. But yeah, you get older, you just have more time. And you're also looking backwards um, because you're not so busy, you you can build resentments in your mind because you have so much time to think. And it, it just can create a lot of uh, problems. Yeah. Anyhow. So let's talk uh, just briefly now in some forms of gossip. Uh, you want to give this first one? Sure. Um, there's the overt gossip. Oh, <laughs> that was still my section. Sorry about that, bro. Well, I tried to transition here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did it good. I'm, I'm dropping the ball here. <laughs> All right, so there's the overt gossip. So this is someone who just starts wagging their tongue. <laughs> they know full well what they're doing. Um, they're not even embarrassed. It might yeah. come in hushed tones, but it is gossip. In fact, a lot of times when you have to hush the tone, you probably... I mean, there's times you just need to talk quieter, but other times it's just, well, why are you talking softly? Yeah. There's no purpose, in other words, to the gossip other than to share that juicy tidbit. It doesn't solve anything. It doesn't edify the person of whom they're gossiping. It just simply te uh, teases, uh, tears them down in the eyes of others. Yeah. So that's just the overt gossiper, yeah, right? Just plain vanilla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, the next one is what we would label as the self-justified gossip. Um, now, this is a person who, for example, was genuinely wronged by someone, and there's no debate there. Yeah. Uh, an unrighteousness has been committed against them. In their hurt and in their anger, what do they do? They start talking about what happened to them or about the person who did it, um, and that doesn't accomplish anything um, other than, of course, to just allow for the vent, right? Yeah. Um, when other people agree, affirm give an ear, sympathize, whatever it might be, it, it makes them feel good. Um, it helps them in that victim mentality, in other words. Th that is a form also of revenge gossip. Um, at first, it might come across as just sharing their, quote, hardship, uh, but soon it devolves into just shredding the person apart who's harmed them. This often happens with prayer requests. Yeah, which is uh, coming up here. Oh. Um, so, so that's sin, right? Um, th the proper response is to just go directly to that person that's harmed you and resolve the issue. And I'm thinking here, you know, within the church. Yeah. Um, there are many times in which you may need counsel on how to handle a situation. Uh, so we would say, you know, go to your spouse, go to pastor and elder, your, your community group leader, seek wise counsel on how to proceed. Um, but be very careful that you don't tear that person apart in the process. But but yeah, I, I like that you're saying that because that's something we do as pastors People who are we, I would consider very wise. They are troubled. They don't know what to do with it. It's eating them alive, yeah. and they'll come and say, "Can I talk to you?" And and a, a wise pastor will help draw out what they need, and they understand the person's talking out of hurt, and yeah. and not always yeah. is the words carefully thought through because it's out of that hurt. Um, so a pastor has to feel that hurt with them and and share that with them, but also then guide it. So right. and, and instruct them, okay, that's not how I would say it. Uh, can I suggest that you go and do this and this, but hold them accountable then to yeah, go, go make right, um, be in unity with each other. Yeah. Uh, another one is what uh, we're going to call the troublesome meddler gossip. <laughs> uh, this is the person who hears of an issue and then starts talking about it to people, offering their own solutions even though they're yeah, <laughs> have nothing to share or what everyone else needs to do to solve the problem. Here's what you got to do. Right. It's like, thank you. Um, this is 
sort of like just being a busybody. They're, they're bored with their own lives. So when they hear of other people's problems, they entertain themselves by talking about it, as well as all of the possible solutions to give everyone uh, that doesn't, uh, to everyone that really don't matter to, because they're not involved right. in the situation. If you don't know what that is, go to Facebook. Um, yep. and, and that's what it is. Uh, there are also a lot of self-righteousness that will come out of that one as well. Yeah. Uh, the next one would be, as you had mentioned, the prayer gossip. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So you have a whole section so, for them. Huh? <laughs> yeah, so feel free to add to this. Um, th- this is a person who offers tidbits and morsels through prayer requests uh, or when praying in public, for example, um, comes across as, you know, seeking to care for a brother or a sister in Christ, but it's just gossip. Um, There is a way to ask for prayer that doesn't give details uh, or names. Um, But but once those details are out, you you can't take those back. And so people now have already formed thoughts about that person, and it can be a very destructive thing. Yeah. Yeah, And we always have to caution people in, like, our small groups, we call them community groups. When you're sharing a prayer request, be wise about it. Right. Um, then there's the suggestive gossiper. This is the one who speaks in thinly veiled shadows and roundabout <laughs> details. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to tell you the specifics about Sharon, but there's just some really serious things that are going on between her and her husband, and, and I just think we want to lift her up and pray a, a prayer of a hedge of protection. And everybody now is like, what's going on with them? <laughs> Yeah. Are they about ready to divorce? And, right. and they're, <laughs> that's awesome uh, in a horrible way, but that it is. Uh, they never actually say anything, but boy, they say a lot by not saying anything. Yeah. Uh, this is where everyone knows who and what you're talking about. But just because you don't say a name, you somehow think you're off the hook because, well, you didn't identify it. Like tricked God. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. That, those are, I'm sure there's others, uh, but those are just some kinds. Um, so, so how then should you handle the gossiper? Um, well, first of all, gossip is the result of the heart, um, but it's something which breeds well in a place where gossip has become increasingly acceptable. Um, gossip leads to more gossip, and pretty soon you're swimming in it. Um, but it, it's something which the Christian must actively battle against and something which every church has to attack hard. Um, so the, the best way to handle the gossiper is just not give them an ear. Um, in fact, learn to avoid such people. That would be the counsel of the Proverbs. Um, not only will you not be drawn in, but it's also going to protect you from being gossiped about. Um, you can identify these people pretty quickly. Uh, if someone is in the habit of talking ill of other people to you, chances are they've done the same about you. Um, that is just their habit. And that would also then mean that if you do hear if you know a person has a habit of being a gossiper, be slow to receive. If you do hear something from them, understand that you might just be hearing gossip, not value. I, I mean, again, I think yeah. about elders. We, we make decisions, we're doing things, and we don't have the freedom to tell others what, what our counsel is with a couple. Let's say a couple comes in with trouble marriage and well, we don't get to tell everyone what's going on at that, that, that counseling time, um, but the wife or the husband doesn't like the counsel, and so they start to kind of tear things down. When you hear, well, the pastor, it's like, do you know your pastor well enough? Has he shown himself to be faithful and godly? Then hear those things with suspicion and, and address them. Yeah, and there's even been times where, for example, someone's like, you know, we thought about, I'll just throw this out getting marriage counsel from somebody. And I've looked at people and I just said, no, 
I would not go to them for counsel. I can't tell them why. Yeah. You know, but that's where you're just, you're, you're asking them to trust you as pastor. There's reasons here and I can't give you details. Just, I don't think it'd be wise. Can I make a, another suggestion? Yeah. And, and a person should listen to their pastor very carefully. If he's steering you away from one person toward another, there's a reason. And he usually knows and you don't get to know. Just trust. Yeah. I, yeah, I like yeah. that. Trust him. So first of all, just try and avoid him. Um, if you can't avoid them for some reason, um, and they begin to gossip to you, that then is where you now have to try and shut it down. Now, you can be kind when doing this, um, and you already gave it, but the best way is to just simply ask that person as to why they're telling you. Um, I think you said, ask what's the value of, yeah. of that. And then you usually get what? That deer in the headlights <laughs> look. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Everybody likes gossip, but then all of a sudden when you confront it, they're like, uh. Well, I thought you just needed to know why. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are times in which they might come back at you with a response. Again, this is going to be common with the prayer gossiper. They just want you to know the details so that you can know how to better pray for the situation. Um, your response there should just simply be, look at the Lord knows the details. So they're not important for me to know. Um, at some point, hopefully they're going to learn that they just, that you're not going to give them an ear. Um, now if, if you're one who enjoys tidbits, likely you're not going to confront them. Um, but we'd also say don't be deceived into thinking that you're not somehow now complicit in that gossip. If you give them an outlet or a consistent platform to gossip, you're complicit. Yeah, it makes you a gossiper too then because yeah. you're receiving it. Um, in fact, I had an elder back at Grace Community Church who helped me with this. He said that the simplest way to deal with a gossiper is ask why they're telling you why you need to know this and then tell them that, they need to go resolve this to the best of their ability with that person. But this is the part that he said that was great. He said, and then give them one week, and you tell them, you have one week to do, do this. And if you don't, then I will take you to that person, and we'll resolve it with together. He's like, one of two things will happen. Either they will actually realize, oops, I was talking to the wrong, meaning they, they slipped into gossip. They didn't mean to. Um, and they go and resolve it. Awesome. Um, the other one is that they will just stop gossiping to you because they're like, I don't like this. <laughs> uh, but either way, you resolve the situation. I did that early on as a pastor then um, and because I called him. Uh, I was here, and I didn't know what to do. And he's like, Let me, uh, he's like, it's actually really easy. Do this. And I started doing that, and it quickly <laughs> shut things down. Um, it was really helpful. So there will there will peop, always be people who will gossip now every now and then for whatever reason, but it's not normally uh, their habit. So while everyone does gossip, not everyone is a gossiper. There is a difference. The one who gossips every now and then, you can either overlook it, like Colossians 3.13 would say, or, or simply ask why they're telling you something. But the gossiper is one who needs to be dealt with. They can be incredibly destructive for family or a church. In fact, few things are more discouraging to a pastor than when they hear of a small gathering of people who are regularly grumbling and gossiping, complaining about the church, shredding the leadership, or, or, or modeling that critical attitude. Nothing good comes from it. It can be tremendously destructive and very much an occasion for which church discipline should proceed. 
In fact, Paul was utterly ruthless in this. He attacked those who attack unity. He said that God will uh, wreak havoc uh, upon those people who wreck the church through their destructive words. So he says in 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 17, do you not know that you are a temple of God and that and the Spirit of God dwells in you. If any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him. Why? For the temple of God is holy, and that is what you are. He's actually talking there that the, the temple of God is not talking about my physical body. It's the body of Christ right, there. The and so the gossiper is a destroyer, and they must be dealt with before they destroy the church or their own soul. So the church becomes a place for which there should be very little tolerance for this sort of sin. Yeah. So just to sort of wrap this up, uh, Proverbs 25.2 says that it is therefore the glory of God to conceal a matter. Um, the word conceal there is the idea of hiding or keeping safe. Um, what should drive any Christian is the desire to be known as a trustworthy person. There is nothing that will demolish, I mean, utterly destroy your reputation faster than becoming known as a gossip. Um, Ephesians 4.29 says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. Um, remember, there's no such thing as a neutral word. Uh, if it's not building up, what's the only alternative? Yeah, it's tearing, tearing down. down. Yeah. Um, and, and we say many words on a given day. <laughs> um, and so classic of Paul, he doesn't just tell us what words to put off, but then tells us what words to put on. Um, you must put off unwholesome words, but if you're ever going to win the battle against gossip, you must also replace those words with words that are good for edification. Most of what we say throughout the day is unmeditated speech. I mean, it's just coming. Um, unmediated, right? Unmeditated. Unmed- oh, you're unthoughtful. Yeah. Like me, you're not thinking about it. Just it just naturally comes out. I right? gotcha. Um, so as a result, what's in your heart is what flows out without you giving much thought. So if you're in the habit of gossiping, uh, you would do well to ask why and therefore what needs to change or what is going on in your heart for why gossip is always flowing. So what is it about you that's discontent, for example? What is it in your heart that is seeking some form of selfish gain? What is it about the gospel, perhaps, that you're viewing as inadequate that you also need to add gossip to your life? Um, The truth is that the Lord knows everything. He sees and he hears everything. If an injustice has been committed against you, best thing you can do is just simply commit that to the Lord. He will deal with it in due course. But until then, simply rest in the truth then of his justice. There's no need to gossip and no need to get your pound of flesh, so to speak. Um, If you gossip because you're bored, um, (laughs) that that is a good indication that there's likely much waste in your life um, for fulfilling opportunities to be busy serving the Lord. Um, the, the days are fleeting. Time is exceedingly short. And so as a result, we would say, spend your days honoring God and pursuing righteousness for that is the call of every Christian's life. So with that, next time we'll talk about something else, but until then, make sure to tune in, join the conversation. Love to hear your thoughts on gossip and sins of the tongue. And don't forget to like, share, comment, rate, and review. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and tell a friend. 